you, Lord. Well, I'm going to talk about something that's kind of um, interesting anyway that I believe is necessary for us. Um, and I think it's something that, that we do need to acknowledge because uh, we actually participate in this. And it has to do with uh, the judgments of God. And actually, because of the judgment of God, uh, we get Christ. Um, because we have to have him. <laughs> Otherwise, <we'll laughs> there's some judgment that's going to take place that only because of him we don't have to, to uh, experience that. So God does everything, and this, this is a little bit of a segue from, from Sunday because God does everything according to what he writes down. Everything's legal. Everything is, he, he doesn't just get mad at somebody and <laughs> take it out on them. There's nothing really personal. He's already put it in place. <clears throat> and so we'll, we'll see this from, from different passages that we'll look at and, and that I really believe God wants us to, um, to be participants. And this is something I saw. I, I was seeing this in our reading from Revelation. We ended up, I don't know if anybody followed with us through Revelation, but now we kind of doubled up, <laughs> tripled up on some of those days. And, and, and so we, <clears throat> I was seeing some stuff in there, though. Uh, man, it's just been so, just really been enjoying <clears throat> our Bible reading. Um, just getting a, a kind of uh, an overview of things. I just really like being able to say, okay, what does this mean for us today? Because so many times, I, I don't know about you, but when, when I've read through Revelation, I'm thinking, well, that's something that's fixing to happen, you know. But <laughs> so much of it is relevant to us today. And, and so some of the things I was seeing is, is how much judgment is a part of, of God's, um, actually is part of his glory. Um, <clears throat> and and um, he, he's, a, he's an all-consuming fire. <laughs> he's, he's all-powerful. He's almighty. And, and he... You can't have holiness without, or you can't have uh, uh, the the righteousness of God without there being an opposition to that, for there to be a wickedness, for there to be an unrighteousness, and and for for righteousness to be preserved, unrighteousness has to be taken down, and so that's a part of God's nature. That's part of what makes Him holy and and beautiful and righteous, is He does not tolerate these other things. In fact, there's no entrance into his presence with unholiness. And so we can't just say, God's got to come down to my level. No, he's not. He's brought us up to his, and he expects us to come there. Right? And I, I think there's some real danger going on in, in, in some teachings that make it like we don't have to change that much. I, I, I don't believe that God's standard has ever changed. Uh, what, what he's done in, in Christ and in the grace of God has not disabled our ability to sin. He's, he's made it possible for us to not have to sin and to be liberated. Because God, man, you, you read in, in Revelation, they're getting, they're getting <coughs> judged for their works. It says over and over again, it's for their works. And, um, and then it lists them. Anything that's evil. You know, things that are sexual, things that are, are covetous, things that are unrighteous, you know, that he said they're going to be judged for their works. And uh, then, you know, and, and multiple times he said, and, and there was no repentance. There was no turning. And I've been on the other side of this, I've been so impressed. We've been talking about being in the light. And all he expects us to do is just step into him. 
He doesn't, he doesn't expect us to, to do all the fixing ourselves. He's going to do it for us. But let me just get into this because I, I saw something in, <coughs> in this revelation initially here that I want to look at, that, that really worshiping him is acknowledging, and it goes right to the fear of God. I don't think you can have the fear of God without understanding the judgments of God, that there's a consequence. If we don't comply with what he said, there's another side to this. And partly what's happening, if we don't comply, it's an indication of where our heart's been all along. It's an identifier. It's, it's like an authentication. <laughs> I was just installing some new software on, on Hunter's computer, and it, it, you have to authenticate it. You have to say, this is really me doing this. And, <clears throat> and I cannot have something else going on. I, 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 if I'm going to really be following him, it's going to look like it. <laughs> you can't fake <laughs> being a new creation. <clears throat> It's going to, you're going to either be or you're not going to be, okay? So let's look at Revelation 19. And, <clears throat> and my little statement here is, there's an experience of God's glory in the carrying out of his judgment. And this is something I saw. They were having a major worship service because he was being, he was judging. And remember the, the city of the, of the great harlot, you know, what'd she do? She, she brought people in and, and made people feel like they could enjoy the world, right? And he, and he actually... His judgments over her were a, a reason for worship being lifted up. I thought, wow, this is really interesting. So his judgments are, are an integral part of worshiping him. That I think there needs to be that side of us. When we're looking up at a God, we're, we're looking at a God of judgment. All right? After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. Man, we got some songs that really do that, don't we? And it's, it's fun to get hooked up with them and, and really feel the anointing of God. For true and righteous are his blessings of his favor. <laughs> yeah, but his judgments, right? Because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. Huh, isn't that weird? The destruction, the, the smoke that's coming from the destruction of evil actually glorifies God. There's that part of him, isn't there? Can you see that? I just don't think we can ignore this, <laughs> you know. I just want to go to the fun stuff, you know. I just want to go to the, the blessings and the riches and this year's going to be really wonderful because of, of all the good. Well, you know what? There needs to be this side that we are stepping fearfully uh, in our salvation. We're shaking because of the, of the greatness of our God, right? Again, they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. What, what inspired all this? Well, it was a really good Israel Houghton tune. No, it was the judgments of God, right? Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. You know, one of the times in the New Testament when there was the greatest exalting of God and the greatest works that were being demonstrated as a result of it, you know when it was? <laughs> when Ananias and Sapphira received judgment for trying to be deceptive before God. 
And it said, whole f a fear came upon them, right? And there was great signs and wonders that resulted from that. Why? Because when you begin to see God as not somebody that you can just fool around with, and you're just going to lean on his mercies and his grace all the time, to get the, the magnified glory of God, you have to fear him. Not just as a wonderful father, a good that, that's good all the time, but as a God of judgment, that there's an end to this. Actually, you know what's kind of cool about this is this, all this junk that, that it's like, whenever is this going to end? Well, it's going to, and the word of God is going to be is what's sustained through this. So let's keep going. There's an end to everything else, but Jesus' words will remain standing and effective till the end. All right? So that's what we're saying. All this is going to... All this stuff that people are, are, are drawn into and are afraid of, actually, is going gonna to be over with. But the words of God, the words of Jesus will last forever. They will be, and they're not going to last just, just for, for glory and blessing. They're going to last for judgment. And we're going to see that this is actually, and, and God's so wonderful about this. He, he puts his word out there, and Jesus says this, and we'll get to it, but it's, it's never anything personal. In fact, he, the love of God always in his word compels us to not have to receive the judgment. And that's why he sent Jesus, right? Matthew 24, 32. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And what's in his word? It's blessing. It's identity. It's the, it's the nature of God. It is God, but it is judgment. And we're going to see that that's what it is. He said, this is all going to come to an end. You know, sometimes when I've... Uh, when you're reading this passage, just a side note, when you're reading this passage, it can, it can seem like, well, that, that's kind of weird because he's talking to this generation. No, he's talking to the generation that sees these signs, which is us. There's, there's, it's, it's coming very near, isn't it? Things are coming to an end here, right? So let's look at John 14, 24, and it says, aligning with his words authenticates the love claim. And so with all this coming near to the end, there should be, and this is the thing that, that, that was so disheartening to me in, in looking at Revelation is, is there's, and, and I, and I want to take this to heart myself because anytime there's a giving in, especially when there's a knowing of what God has said, there's giving in to the opposite of it. And this doesn't have to just be terrible things, murder and, you know, all that perversion. It's anything that's, that's not the heart of God. It's not walking in love. It's not, you know, because God, those are the words that Jesus spoke the most. He said, man, you got to love each other, right? <clears throat> but what's happening when any time there's a, 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 a separation from that, there's a, a, a revelation of what's actually going on in the heart. He does not love me who does not keep my words. It, it, it doesn't say, he doesn't love me who doesn't bow down on the ground and worship me, who doesn't jump up, who doesn't run around. No, it's who keeps my words, right? 
So that means you can maybe not even know how to sing <laughs> and honor him by keeping his words, right? And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Everything God is establishing, he's establishing by his words, right? So the words are what determine the judgment. And this is, this is where I saw this in what Jesus was saying. So what, what are our words? And we'll, we'll get to this a little bit more. But it's not, <clears throat> uh, you know, Paul was talking in, in, in one of the epistles. And he said, you are our, our epistle. On your hearts are written what we're doing. And your life becomes a written description. It's not just what's coming out of your mouth. It's what your, what your life is, is actually writing. We'll see this. God, God, God sees everything we're doing. <laughs> and I used to be so, and, 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 and this is not to put, this is not to put condemnation on us, but what Jesus is saying that, that based upon what he said, we are determining our own fate by how we respond to it. God, you know, there's, there's this perception, and, and I've had it too, that, that God doesn't like me if I do something wrong. No, he likes me just as much as he ever did. He, he loves the whole world right now as bad as anybody can ever be. He loves ISIS. He loves all those, you know, those people that they say are monsters because they go and they shoot up a bunch of people. No, he loves them. He loves everybody. It doesn't matter how bad we do something. He loves us just the same. But he has declared some things. That our works will judge us based upon what we decide to do with them. It's not him, it's his words. And there needs to be a separation from that. Sometimes we, we want to pull away from God because we feel like he's, he's ready to hit us with a sledgehammer if we do, and, and we're having a difficulty with something, you know. But he's saying, no, I've already set up my word. I'm not here to condemn you right now. I'm here to love you. I'm here to be your father. But you're going to have to take it seriously, what I've already said, because that's going to happen. It's already in place. The law has already been established. This is going to take place, and either you get in line with what I've already said, or you're going to experience the consequences of it. Right? That's kind of like with us with our kids, right? <laughs> I told you to take out the trash. I love you as much today as the day you were born. But you're going to feel it if, I, if you don't do what I told you to do. Because I told you to do something, right? I told you there would be a consequence for that. Matthew 12, 34. <clears throat> Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what he's saying is, is there's, there's a reality of who you actually are that will come out, and it'll come out through your words. It'll come out through your actions. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. So God set up this thing that has to do with what he, he's done, but he's saying, okay, now how you... How you experience what I've already put in place with my word is what comes out of your words. Now, it'll have, it'll have something to do with everything that we actually speak. Why? Because he says that's, that's an indication of who you really are. It's not just you signing on a, on, a, on a conversion 
card, you know, that I, I accepted Jesus. No, it's your life is the, is the written description of who you actually are, right? For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Now, it's going to be interesting because we'll see what Jesus says about this too. He says, what you are deciding to do is, is, is determining your end, not me, by your words, by what you're deciding to say, right? Okay, now let's look at John 12 here. Because our judgment is not personal, it's just the fulfillment of what is already declared. So he says this about us, <laughs> that what's coming out of us is determining our fate, our condemnation, what's coming out of us. It's very critical. It's not something we can get by with. And what's really wonderful is in Christ, we've been given access to affecting that. But we better take access. We better be in his presence. There should be a result of being in the presence of God. I don't want to just get a good touchy feeling in the presence of God. I don't, I don't, just, I don't want to get slain in the spirit. I don't want to, if it does nothing for my, my walk. Amen. I don't want to just go somewhere and experience a revival, quote unquote. What is the revival for? To wake me up from walking in darkness so I can walk in the, in the light of his presence all the time. Amen? If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. Huh. So, now he just said this about ourselves, that our words judge us, right? And he said, now... I don't judge you if you don't believe me. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. That's why I came. He who rejects me and does not receive my words. So what does it mean to receive words? That, that means more than just I sat there and heard them. Remember, Jesus said it all the time. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer. That's somebody that actually received it. That, that means <laughs> they are there for me, and now I'm making them part of me. That's receiving them, right? He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. So this is how God has set up his judgments, not to be anything personal. They're just the fulfillment of his words. Can you see that? This is kind of helpful, isn't it? The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. And this is where this hit me. <laughs> Jesus said, my words are going to be actually what judges in the last day. So you get into Revelation, and where is all this judgment coming from? It's coming from the words. And what did Jesus say? They're not just my words. They're the words of my Father, right? For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. So everything that Jesus said was, a, was a, a, an amplification, a, a continuation of what the Father had spoken, right? And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has, has told me, so I speak. And what did he say about those words that he's, he's speaking? Man, this... this it should cause us to come into the presence of God when the word is, is being spoken and sit there and just tremble. You know? Remember that old spiritual song? And oh, it causes me to tremble, right? 
tremble, tremble. And it was, no, those are just weirdos. No, they're people that understand the awesome word of God. Amen? And it's only limited to how much we honor it and actually fear it, recognize it. There's, especially once we've heard it, <laughs> once we've received it, it, our own decision, what we choose to do with what we hear is either going to condemn us or it's going to preserve us. Amen? Okay. Whatever I speak is the Father's tongue. So I speak. Okay. So judgment is not based upon prejudice or dislike. Only the choices that have been made regarding words already received. The judgment then will be self-determined based on what the response has been to words already received. So, we're actually turning into little judges ourselves based upon what we choose to do with what the word is we've received, right? And so, actually we'll get to even a further part of that. Um, let's look at Revelation 20 now. How we respond to the word we hear is written as our own judgment for that day. Okay. <clears throat> and I saw the, the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. According to what? Their works, right? By the things which were written in the books. Huh. Now, I don't understand all of this completely, but I believe that once our our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and it's referred to several times, that it's written there, right? But there's another book that has to do with our works that it becomes critical also, right? So, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. That means our works become a manuscript, that's, that's not, <laughs> and this is why the, the things that are hidden will be revealed. The things that are, are in the dark will come into the light. Why? Because everything that we're doing is being written down. And, and there's a consequence or there's a, a, a blessing as a result of it. Now, what's wonderful about this is we're not being judged in the moment. It's, 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 it's in the end. And what, what makes this a blessing is that we can affect it now. We can choose. What we do choose to do is, is entertain the presence of God and allow it to affect us in this moment. All right? The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to what? His works. What are the works? They're what we decide to do with what we've heard. Right? Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, there's a writing 
based upon what we do. There's a, there's a, Jesus said there's a condemnation according to what we say. And it all has to do with these words that are preparing. It's kind of in line with the way God does stuff, isn't it? He, he sets up his word. He said um, it's going to fulfill. Now, our words, our actions, our works, they determine where we're going. Now, I'm so grateful. And part of the reason why I started this is this is why Jesus had to come. Because what God has done is he's made it to where Jesus uh, took all of our bad words for us. So that when we're in him, we can be free from that condemnation. We can be free from those things. But it's so necessary for us to not crucify again the one who, who gave his life for us by not regarding with fear and trembling. He said, I, I came to make you holy. I came to make you righteous. Not to go act and look like the world. Amen? Now, I know, I know we're ta I'm talking to the choir here, and man, y'all just are so washed in the blood, and you're squeaky clean and, and everything else. But there, there needs to be a necessity of being on our toes with regard to anything that the enemy's coming at us with, right? And for us to have a heart for those that we can affect, that the world around us is being described here. I mean, it, it, when, you, when you read Revelation, your heart just goes out. It said, and a third of mankind was destroyed, you know. And even, even the, the saints that were destroyed by the harlot, you know, uh, they, at least they were redeemed. They didn't go to this lake of fire. But there, there's, a, there's a reason for us walking in this, in this life that Jesus gave us. And it's not just to keep us from something in the end. It's to cause us to be a, a minister and to actually have a heart for this, for people that don't know the Lord. Amen? How do you get that? Well, you're going to have to have revelation of it for yourself. Amen? That if, if this is so necessary for me, what about that person that I'm walking past? What about that person that I can affect? Amen? It should cause it. This, this judgment of God shouldn't be something that we make it all personal. But we do take it on and we say, okay, this is so serious that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, when, to, when I'm speaking, I'm going to be like Jesus. It's going to be the words of the Father that come out of me. And, and I'm going to make sure that, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, what is the mouth speaks, right? I'm going to make sure that my heart is so full of the words of life so that the only thing that comes out of me is words of life. Amen? And, and I believe this is part of what Jesus' words to us were, that you are the light. This is actually a keeping in line with his words, actually becoming a minister of light, a shining of that light. Can you see that? Okay. So what does it mean then to be uh, ashamed? Let's look at Mark 8, 38. Because Jesus says, <clears throat> you, you know, um, what would keep us from, from being that light? What would keep us from walking in the words of Jesus? What would keep us from those things? And there's this, there's this fear. There's either going to be a fear of God that causes us to be fearless before men. There's going to be a, 
a fear of men that causes us to be fearless before God. You know? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, isn't it amazing how there can be such a peer pressure, such a, a social pressure put on Christians by a sinful and degraded society that we're afraid to speak up because of what they might say about us. That's what he's saying, isn't it? For whoever's ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So there's a, this, this fear of God that should, we, there should be this understanding that, man, you're getting by with something right now, but my heart goes out to you because this is going to end. This is going to come to an end. And what I have is going to be sustained through all that fire, through all that, all that end times, all those things that are coming. You know, we don't know what's coming up in this next year. And, and it's good to be encouraged that, that we have a promise from God that, we can, that we're going to be victorious no matter what. We're more than overcomers. That never changes. Those are the words of God that we can stand upon. Amen? But they're also, they're, things are coming to an end. And I've been talking with a brother here in the church. He said, man, I, I just see everything uh, going towards revelation right now. And if that's so, there's a lot of talk about saints, what saints will go through. Not, not to be defeated, but just what things we are going to endure maybe. And what's going to cause us to be victorious through that? It's going to be this fear of God that is not afraid of the world. That we're not going to bend. We're not going to turn. Amen? What, and what this becomes for us is judgment of ourselves. That we're judging. I'm, I'm judging that it's better to live for God than it is for the world. Because I'm judging that now. In the end... I'm going to be preserved. I don't have to. I don't have to endure those things, right? And what partly what I'm seeing in this is again, it's a validation of who I really have fellowship with here. Um, man, I'm just I'm talking to the choir, so this is <laughs> right. But you're going to see here how how we we're actually participants in this judgment, and we we need to take our authority in this. But there needs to be this understanding that uh, a, a regeneration, a, 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 an excitement, uh, a renewal of just how precious our life in Him is and how much better, it, how, how, how sustained it's going to be. What we have is the word of life inside of us. And it's going to last forever through everything. Amen? Okay. Let's look, look at uh, Luke 6, 37. To judge hearts, motives, identities, to do something that God does not do. His judgment is not based on words received and words written. Uh, his, his judgment is based on words received and words written by works. Luke 6, 37. Judge not. And you shall not be judged. Condemn not, 
and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So um, Jesus is, I, I just wanted to put this in here because we're getting ready to look at some other things that we're supposed to do. Because uh, we're, we're not supposed to judge in the sense of we're not supposed to condemn somebody. And I think we can, I think the church is actually seen by the world as doing that a lot of times. Because when we want to stand up for righteousness, we want to stand up for things that are holy, what it can look like if we're not careful. You know, I, I've had this discussion. We, we've, got a, we've got a very precious friend um, of, can I describe this? <laughs> no? All right. Maybe I can, I can describe it a little bit. We have, have a, a friend of a friend that is, is, is caught up in a, a lifestyle that is described by the Bible as, as unacceptable. Um, and it's, it kind of makes your heart sick to see people accept things like that. And sometimes, you know, when I see that, I, I see that as it's, it's like so opposite of, of, of even a, a lifestyle that we would see acceptable, and yet it's, it's sin is sin. You know, you can you cannot be doing that and, and still be walking in darkness. Um, but when something is so blatantly opposite of what we would accept, I'm not going to describe it. You can, there's so many ways you can fill in the blank. But here's the principle of it. What do you do with that person? How do you, how do you care for them? Are they going to see you as just somebody that's condemning them and not receiving them, not loving them? You can love them and and not be condemning of them and still this is how God is towards us I think this part of the problem the world has with God is, is they see him as, as hating them because of what they're doing and, and God doesn't do that he loves us he says my words are, are what are going to condemn you if you don't apply my words but I love you and you know having discussions I mean that that with the it seems like there's a lot of this going on how do how do you deal with somebody that you cannot agree with their choices but but you love them so the 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 what's happened a lot I mean it's happened in the world I we had a guy that uh delivered some meat to us the other day and he's in a denomination that is has said it's okay to to have people that are in a lifestyle that the word says is not acceptable to be in their leadership. And he said, I can't go to that church anymore. So what am I going to do, you know? And uh, this, it's such a prevalent thing, but it, it's, it's darkness coming upon us. But, but, but then we're told we're not supposed to judge. So I, I just want to look at this for us because I, I, I believe what we've been looking at so far is, is helpful for us to understand that God is not pushing us away. He, he's, his judgment is that we be saved in Christ. That's what he's decided. But he's already put it in place that if you don't, there's going to be a consequence for that. So if we're not supposed to judge, we don't put condemnation. We're just like Jesus. What we say is, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here for you to be saved. And how can I do that if I'm pushing you away, if I'm condemning you, right? And I think that should be our hearts as Christians is we're not condemning of anybody, right? We're here to bring salvation. Now, 
what we'll judge and, we, and what we don't compromise with is the judgments of God, is the word of God. What God has said is still truth. I love you with all my heart, but this is what's going to happen to you if you don't choose God. I, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going there because I'm not going to judge you. What happens if, if we get, when we get on the judging side, what, all it does is condemn us. Now our hearts are, are, are doing what the enemy's doing. We, we're joining up with the devil, and he's the accuser of the brethren, right? So this will be good. All right. Is this good so far? All right. All right. So keeping that in mind, there does need to be this exalting of the judgments of God. So, and this is where we don't compromise in that area. We don't judge personally, but we exalt what God has declared already. We exalt holiness. We say, you know, I understand your, your experience in this thing in your life. This is what God says about it. This, this is what God has put in place. He said, be holy because I'm holy. Um, but I, I love you with my whole heart, and I want your best, right? So Psalm 149, there does need to be this, this praising of God's judgment. So those continue in us. And we don't stop, we don't, we don't get, we don't get silenced because of, of what somebody in the world is going through. You know, we had a, had a minister friend of ours that is his, his, his father passed away and he was not, he was not serving God, never made a choice to, to be a Christian. And so he just adjusted his whole theology to comply with something that he, somebody that he knew. And this, you know, we're not judging, I'm not, we don't judge the father, but we don't compromise the word because the word's going to be there through everything, right? Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment, this honor have all his saints. Isn't that interesting? So what I see here, and, I, and I've seen it in some other parts, but I want to point this out. So we're exalting the judgments of God. It's going to happen in the end. When God's judgments are, are rendered upon those who oppose him or try to come against him. But he's saying that right now, there's something for us to affect the world around us with, even now. And it's the judgments of God. Is that what it's saying? To, to put an effect by declaring the works of God, by declaring how he, he is, and living it ourselves. what we can do is we can affect the world around us. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Isn't that interesting? I don't understand that completely. But I understand that there's a part for us to play. Uh, you know, in, in Revelation there was actually. Uh, it, it, the, the saints prayers were actually 
part of the, of the bringing down of judgment. They actually participated in that. So if we're going to say that, that, that part of the glory and the worship of God has to do with his judgments, then we can participate in that by exalting who he is as a God of judgment. And there's going to be an end to this that we are a participant in. There's going to be a bringing down of all this stuff that, that looks like it's dominant now. And we can actually, by, by, by having a heart for him, by, by walking in what we've been given, we become a participant in what he's going to do. Can you see this? I know there's been kind of kind of a little bit heavy or kind of a little bit deep or something. <laughs> but I think it's something that we need to recognize that when when we're when we are yielding, when we are honoring the words of God, we are participating in what he's going to do because of what he said. And I believe this is part of the the more than overcomers that we are. That we're participating in the, in the destruction of those things that, that's imminent. We, we might not see it, you know, in, in our lifetime, but we're participating in it by living in what he's declared for us to be now. We're, we're living in the triumph of our God over, the, over evil, over wickedness, over those things that are unrighteous. We actually are a participant in the magnifying of his judgments by aligning ourselves with his word. Can you see this? 